0: Freaking hello, guys. So, um, today I'm gonna do my first episode over the Carr Brother murders or the Wichita Massacre. And right now I'm crocheting. I have some scrap yarn left over from this scarf that I made, and it's like one of those gradient yarns. So, I'm gonna try to make like an oven mitt or like not a mitt, but like an oven square. Um, what are those called? I don't know. Or a coaster of some sort. But I'm super excited for my first episode. Um, I think we're just gonna get right into it. So this case is over the Carr brothers, Reginald Carr and Jonathan Carr. Um, I I would like to tell you guys their zodiac signs because I feel like, you know, astrology and stuff, it's really cool. And I think it does, like, say a lot about a person. Um, but I could not find their exact birthdays anywhere. I just found out that Reginald was born in 1978 and Jonathan was born in 1980. But in future cases I'm going to try to find their zodiac signs. They are classified as spree killers, which means a person, or in this case people, who kill more than one victim in more than one location in a short amount of time. Um, each case I'm going to do like a fast case or like a quick case where it just gives you kind of like the rundown and you can see if you can handle it or not um so the quick case for this one um it's often called the car brother murders but it can also be referred to as the wichita massacre or the wichita horror the killing spree took place in the winter of 2000 and resulted in the murders of five people and a dog and like although yeah murdering people not good don't do it but like Leave animals out of it, dude. I hate when movies, when the director goes and kills off, like, an animal, especially a dog. Like, you're evil. You're absolutely evil. And you know it. Um, so, around this time, the sale of guns, locks, and home security systems skyrocketed. Uh, wonder why, yeah. If there was someone going around committing crime, especially this brutal. Yeah, I, I think I would also want to invest in some protection uh the brothers ended up going to court and being tried in the fall of 2002 which resulted in them being sentenced to death so there's your little quick case now we're going to get into the actual crimes when reginald carr was 22 and his younger brother jonathan was 20 they had already had their fair share of crime under their belts on december 8th of 2000 having recently arrived in wichita from dodge city The pair committed armed robbery against Andrew Schreiber, a 23-year-old assistant baseball coach. Just three days after this initial incident, they shot Ann Walenta, a 55-year-old librarian. She was wounded as she she was trying to flee her car and sadly passed away in the hospital three weeks later from the initial wounds. Their crime spree reached an all-time high on December 14th when they broke into a home and kidnapped five young adults. I'm going to butcher some of the names. Um, Bear with me. No disrespect to the victims. I just can't read. Brad Haga, 27. Heather Muller, 25. Aaron Sander, 29. Jason Beffert, 26. And HG, 25. Were unluckily in the house chosen at random by the cars. Since this is the largest part of the case, I'll go into immense detail about that night. This right here is an official, like content warning trigger warning there's gonna be some extremely uncomfortable topics being brought up soon this case is not for weak stomachs or like easily triggered people um if you get scared easily don't listen to this at night uh it freaked me out last night when i was researching it i literally got up and like checked the door 10 times to make sure it was locked but that night hg went over to jason beffert's house to spend the night the two were boyfriend and girlfriend Jason was a science teacher and a coach at Augusta High School and lived in a triplex condo with his two friends, Bradley and Aaron. Bradley was a financial analyst and Aaron had just recently decided to study for priesthood. HG arrived with her pet Schnauzer, Nikki, side note, I had a Schnauzer. she just recently passed away, her name was Cricket, Um, she was nearly 20 and extremely grumpy, RIP to her, mean old woman, love her. Anyways, HG arrived around 8.30 and her boyfriend wasn't there, but the two roommates were. Shortly after HG arrived, Heather Moeller did too. And I'm pretty sure that Heather and um Aaron did date before this, but they weren't dating at the time. Um. So Jason and HG are, dat- are dating, and then Heather and Aaron were previously dating. So... Around 9pm, HG went to her boyfriend's room and started grading papers. Jason arrived less than 20 minutes later, and the two decided to go to bed around 10pm after turning off all the lights and locking all the doors. Aaron Sander was sleeping on the couch in the living room, and Heather Miller was sleeping in in the ground floor bedroom. Brad Haka was sleeping in the basement bedroom. Around 11pm, the porch light came on. This surprised Jason, who was still awake at the time, and before they knew it was happening, the bedroom door was slammed open. The covers were ripped off the bed and Aaron Sander was brought into the room at gunpoint. The Carr brothers then forced the three to tell them if anybody else in the house was in the house and where they were. And at this point, the three mentioned Brad and Heather being in their respective rooms. The brothers then brought them into the room. The cars then instructed everybody to remove all of their clothing and get into the bedroom closet, and for the next hour, the five were brought out in pairs to engage in sexual acts with one another. First, the cars brought out the two women and made them have oral sex, and then they forced Brad to have intercourse with HG. Afterwards, Jason was forced to have interca- intercourse with HG, but when the car brothers realized that the two were dating, they stopped them. They then tried to make Aaron, the one that had just decided to study priesthood, um... Try to have intercourse with hg and when he refused they hit him on the head with the butt of the gun then they sent hg back into the closet and brought out heather to make Aaron have sex with her but when he couldn't they beat him with a golf club instead they i i read somewhere that they like mentioned giving him until midnight to like decide if he was going to have sex with one of the women or not and they were counting down like by the minute and everybody in the closet could hear him or hear the car brothers counting down and aaron kept saying like no no i can't like no and when they got to midnight they just like calmly sent aaron back into the closet they didn't give him like any punishment like they said they were going to but uh they After they brought Aaron back to the closet, they brought out Jason and had him have sex with Heather, and then afterwards they had Brad do the same. So at this point, the brothers asked the five if they had ATM cards, and then Reginald took the victims one by one to the ATM machines in Jason's truck. And while Reginald was gone with Brad, Jonathan took HG out of the closet to rape her and sent her back into the closet afterwards, and then Reginald came back to take Jason in his own truck to the ATM... And Jonathan ordered Heather out of the closet and raped her as well, sending her back to the closet when he was finished. When it was HG's turn to go to the ATM, Reginald, he was taking them in Jason's truck, but he was having them drive the trucks, I'm pretty sure, so that they could, like, not seem suspicious as they were pulling money out, and he was crouching in the back seat. Um. At this point, HG asked Reginald if they were going to kill them, and he said no. And then... He said that he wished that he could have met her under different circumstances because he thought she was really cute and that they would have hit it off great. Which, like, ew. Like, what? So, after they arrived back at Jason's condo, um, Reginald raped HG, and Jonathan, again, raped Heather. And after this, they decided to ransack the house in search for, like, valuable items or money. And in the process... They came across a empty coffee canister and found a engagement ring. And that engagement ring was from Jason to HG. And he was going to propose to her on December 22nd, I think. I think it was like the Friday after all of this went down. So the cars decided to move the victims outside into the freezing snow naked. Um, The women were allowed to wear a sweatshirt or a sweater but apart from that everything else was completely exposed and the men had nothing on. Um, Initially they tried to force everybody into Aaron's Honda Accord and in the trunk and when they realized that not everybody was going to fit they decided to just put the men into the trunk and have HG go with Reginald in Jason's truck and then Heather was to ride in the front seat, the passenger seat of the Honda with Jonathan. So after a short drive, the vehicles stopped in an empty field, which is now known as Stryker Soccer Complex. And what's terrifying is, like, it's an open, like, running soccer complex. My sister plays there all the time. Um, but every time I go there, I'm like, yuck, this is where this happened. Um So... They ordered the men to get out of the trunk and that HG go sit in the car with Heather in the Honda. And at this point, HG turned to Heather and she was like, I think they're going to shoot us. So after that, the brothers ordered the two women out of the car and put Heather next to Aaron and HG next to Jason. And I'm not sure, like they they knew that HG and Jason were dating, but I don't know if they ever knew that Heather and Aaron had previously dated. So... Um, they told them to all get on their knees and turn away. And as the five were doing so, uh, gun st- gunshots started ringing out. So by some miracle, I don't know how, uh, a metal hairpiece that H.D. was wearing stopped the bullet from killing her. And while all the others were shot and killed execution style, she was able to play dead long enough for, like, uh, long enough to trick the brothers. Um, as she played dead in the snow, the car brothers drove away in Jason's truck in the process running over all the victims as they left, including HG, who was still alive. Uh, she waited until she couldn't hear anything, and then she turned her head and saw the bodies of her friends and her boyfriend. At this point she thought that there may be a chance that Jason might still live, so she took off her sweater and tied it around his head to stop the bleeding. But when she realized it was not it was there was no use, she was looking for a house or anything, and she saw some Christmas lights twinkling in the distance. So barefoot, naked, and with a bullet wound into the back of her head, she walked over a mile into the freezing night before finally reaching the house with the Christmas lights. She frantically started pounding on the door and continued ringing the doorbell until the homeowners answered. A young married couple who lived there answered the door, and they were surprised when they saw H.J. on their front doorstep. She screamed at the couple that she needed help and that her friends had been shot and killed, and the couple quickly wrapped hd in blankets and went to dial 911 but she stopped them she wouldn't let them call 911 because she knew that there was a possibility that she might not make it she knew that she was shot she just didn't know how bad it was um and so she sat there and she was like i need to tell you guys my story just in case i don't make it so that someone knows exactly what happened so she sat there and explained to them and after she knew or after she thought that you know they would get her story right she was like okay now you can call them but she also wanted them to call her mom to tell her that she loved her because she thought she was going to die. And then she wanted them to call Jason's parents to tell him to tell them what had happened to him. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever did or what. I couldn't find that. But um, once the police arrived, they quickly questioned HG before letting the paramedics take her to the hospital. And in this questioning, they were able to get the license plate number from Jason's car or truck and put out an alert which was broadcasted on the radio and television stations for the morning news because around this time i think it was it was at least like 4 or 5 a.m um so after the murders the car brothers had actually driven back to the condo to look for more valuable items and in the process they ended up killing nikki's dog sick disgusting awful human beings like yeah they murdered people that's terrible leave dogs alone dude um there's a car bumping in the neighborhood love that be quiet don't you know i'm recording a podcast uh around seven thirty a.m the police got a tip that the missing truck was outside the apartment building and that a black man was carrying a tv up some stairs uh within moments they after the phone call they had the place sealed off and they knocked on the door of the apartment a woman named stephanie donley i don't know how to say that last name Uh, She was Reginald's girlfriend. She opened the door, and when she did so, the officers could see Reginald trying to run out the window. So at this point, Stephanie informed them that Jonathan was driving a late Plymouth Fury model. Um, Around noon, they found the car outside of a house where Jonathan was with his girlfriend, uh, Tronda Green. And when he saw the police, he unsuccessfully tried to flee. They caught him easily. But no one knows, like, the other crimes that they've committed, there's like when you look them up on i i use google but when you look them up it's really hard to kind of find anything about them like i couldn't find their birth dates i couldn't find most of the charges that they had previously to this spree but nobody knows what they may have done before but they were definitely guilty of these murders they found the gun on the route home on the route to jason's home and they were able to like I think dna link it and also like the bullets that were used they were able to link it to that gun but so that is the long rundown of the case and what exactly happened but now i'm going to talk about like the trial and the controversy that surrounded the trial so apparently some people in the court system wanted to play into the fact that the car brothers were black and all of their victims were white claiming that the robbery and killings were all hate crimes but that idea was thrown out. They were basically saying, like, had this been a white set of brothers and they committed all these crimes against black people, the roles would be reversed and it would definitely be seen as a hate crime. Um, but nobody really wanted to play into that idea. So the defense wanted separate trials because the lawyers lawyers for each brother would try to blame the crimes on the like the other brother. But the lawyers argued that they would both be trying to help convict the other brother, So it would actually be like having two prosecutors for each defendant. Um, It was argued that the trial wouldn't last long enough to spend that much time and money on two trials. So they just went ahead and conducted one. Jonathan's lawyers tried to get him declared as unfit to stand trial, but he went through some like psychological evaluations and the experts said that he was completely competent to stand trial. So ultimately the brothers were charged with 113 counts, including kidnapping, robbery, rape, uh, four counts of capital murder and one count of first-degree murder and Reginald was convicted of 50 counts while Jonathan was convicted of 43 and They were both sentenced to death as well as life in prison with multiple decades to serve before ever being eligible for parole and Although they were sentenced to death There was a lot of stuff that went down that kept causing them to come off death row and then go back on and come off So we'll talk about that briefly Although they were sentenced to death, there had been a lot of attention surrounding the ruling of the Kansas death penalty law. Uh, In 2004, the Kansas Supreme Court overturned the state's death penalty law, but the state attorney general appealed this ruling to the US Supreme Court, and due to the Constitution, whatever, the Carr brothers were kept on death row. On July 25th, 2014, the Kansas Supreme Court announced that it had overturned the death penalty sentence, or the death sentences, And because of the failed separation of proceedings for each brother, the court unanimously reversed three of each defendant's four capital convictions. And the court ruled that the brothers were in fact entitled to separate sentencing trials. And even if the death penalties were not upheld, each of the Carr brothers had already had to serve at least 70 to 80 years. Um, But in January, 2016, the United States Supreme Court reinstated the death sentences So that's the whole issue regarding the death penalty. But I also found this insane thing. So listen to this. Previously, Reginald was sentenced to 13 months in prison for theft and was on parole in March of 2000, where he was booked for drunk driving. Um, And just a few days later, he was back before a judge and charged with forgery and parole violation. Police mistakenly let him out six months early on December 5th. And they had followed, had they followed the correct procedures, they might have not been able to kill anybody because Reginald would have been in jail. What? What? So yeah, that's the case of the Carr brothers. Um, I did not remember, like, I I've had to refresh myself in this case because I knew about it, but my mom and I were talking about it this past weekend and she was explaining to me and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot, like all those crazy things that happened. So while I was researching it, I was like, oh my God, this is a lot more brutal than I thought it was. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you guys think about the death penalty? Um, I know that just recently there was this man, I cannot remember his last name to save my life, but his name is Brandon, I think, and he was on death row for something that he was involved in when he was 18, I think, don't quote me on it. Um, he was one of four people remaining on death row for the year and people were signing a ton of petitions trying to get him off death row um his daughter was fighting super hard for him and i think no i know he was sentenced to death on december 10th um i'll have to research more of the case before i can talk about it like because i don't really know all of the facts about it but I think what had happened was he was involved in someone's murder, but he never did anything. Like, he never actually partook in it. He was just there, and he was sentenced to death for that. But yeah, I'm not really sure what I think about the death penalty. Like, I, I said I wasn't going to include a lot of my um opinions in this podcast, but the death penalty is kind of like a big thing. Um, I believe... I don't know. I don't think that... Unless you have like one hundred percent proof that someone should be sentenced to death, because if you look at the statistics, there's a lot of people that get sentenced to death when they were wrongfully convicted, and like you're literally killing an innocent person. But yeah, that's a really controversial topic that we're not gonna talk about for my first podcast. But you guys can talk about it. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this was a lot shorter than I thought it was gonna be. It's because I talk like. 10 miles per minute and I'm only halfway done with my crocheted oven square what are those called why can I not think of what that's called um but yeah once I release this podcast I will go ahead and post a picture on my Instagram of the finished project and I will link the or not link because I I don't think I can link but I'll say like oh this is for my first podcast But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm glad that you enjoy scary things like me. Um, on Christmas, I'm going to have a giant episode. I say giant. I talk fast. It's not going to be giant. Um, I have a Christmas special episode where I'm talking about five Christmas murders. Um, the Lawson family is going to be in there, as well as the Christmas massacre. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna have it scheduled to drop on Christmas, but if you guys aren't doing anything for Christmas, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, y'all can listen to me talk about scary things. So, thank you so much for listening. I'll tune in with you guys when I do. I don't have a schedule yet. Um, I need, I need an ending catchphrase, because, like, my favorite murder is my favorite true crime podcast, and they say, stay sexy, don't get murdered, but... We, we need to figure out something to say. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to finish this project. Goodbye.